This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10 for you and up to three of your friends. And you could watch or listen to fine dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy, the number one fuckboy, the number one fuckboy, Johnny G. Joining me as always in the High and Mighty studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris, is extra silent because he's on a walk with his mom, my wife, because she's working from home because it's a pandemic, which means I can have a New York guest at the drop of a fucking hat using the future of technology that is Zoom. The noise you hear is an East Coast volcano bag matched up with the West Coast volcano bag here. Anthony Atamanik, possibly my singular most returning guest to the podcast. Yeah. Anthony motherfucking Atamanik from Coffee with Tony, from The President Show, <laughs> from non-speaking uh, writer on 30 Rock, to... Uh, Twitch to the Monday Night Meat Gang or whatever the fuck the name of his uh, Motor Babies. What up, what up, Motor Babies, (laughs) Motor Babies. Uh, Anthony motherfucking Atamanic, welcome back to High and Mighty. Holy shit. Thank you. Uh, You know what? It's my favorite. This truly is like my favorite thing to do. It's my favorite podcast to do, favorite conversation to have. I always say this to you. I think you're one of the most intelligent people I know. You synthesize information at a rate that really uh, always surprises and shocks me, not for who you are, but just I'm always like, oh, my God, how do you synthesize that? And that whenever you're on, I don't really listen to a lot of comedy stuff, but I will listen if you're uh, Gino on on Bang Bang. I will listen to it because the... (laughs) Uh, just the New England, the, just the Long Island specifics alone, <laughs> and this idiocy of it. But anyway, that's I always love to pay I, you ulti- big compliments. But I appreciate true. that, and I'll pay you big compliments too. But with the underlying, the undercut that we know, I think part of this comes from narcissism. What we yes. both like about each other yes. is our similarities, and I, <laughs> and I think one of the things that we both pride ourselves on, and we both kind of, uh, and why we get along, and why. Since meeting you over 10 years ago, we always enjoyed chatting is because we both consider ourselves to be 
intelligent dirtbags. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's true. We are genius scumbags in our yes. own minds. And that's what I, and I find that like, that's why we are, we know we're pieces of shit in a way yes. or, and whether other people agree with us or not doesn't matter, but we're both, yes. we like to be informed. We like to talk to people about a, a wide swath of topics. Yes. But, with great authority, regardless of whether we have exactly, that authority. Exactly. That's really the most important part, is that it does not matter yeah. if you have I'll be the first one the to say, I have, I'm not exactly sure what I'm talking about here, but I do have insanely strong opinions about it. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I will lead. The worst part is now, I will say that you had to, here's a moment of reflection that happens day to day now. Now that I'm doing so many things where it's like, it's all on the record. If I do a Twitter live, it's on the record forever. If I do a podcast, it's on the record. Like all these things, the Twitches, they're all living. I mean, you can delete the Twitch stream, but people can clip you. It's hard to chase it down basically once it's out there. It's not improv shows anymore. It's It's not not improv. Where people go home and be like, I got... How... Who did they blame for 9-11 in that Death by Ruru show? And it's like, it's over. But if you're on a, next thing you know, your podcast is being retweeted by like fucking crooked media. And they're like, listen to this creep. And you're like, fuck, I'm bagged. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, and my thing is, is there's so many times where I go, I'll sort of, I'll sort of think from, I'll have like awake at night going, Maybe I shouldn't have said that about, I don't know, about Joe Biden. I mean, maybe I should just wait out of it and just let it, f- let the chips fall as they may. Why am I doing this? What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah. It's, so, uh, so frequently I'm going, you didn't have to say anything about that. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> like you really didn't true. have to side with you didn't have to say like well let's hear Polanski out like you know what I mean it's like just keep your fucking mouth shut and get uh, out of there <laughs> I'll tell you here's a weird thing I did right in the pandemic began is uh, I went on you know I went on this thing so I have you know sort of the the three tiers right you have your Hulu Amazon you have like a Hulu Amazon sort of like trash heap where you're like, oh, okay, I'll try watching this or whatever weird movie they have on. Then you have your Netflix sort of regular programming or movie you might find. And then you have your cable and all your cables on demand, which cable has caught up slightly to the degree where now you can sort of cruise your movie channels the way you would cruise a Netflix or a, or an Amazon, right? Right. But, but the cable, you're sort of like, I have cable around like you have like an aunt or a grandmother that you visit. Like I just need cable there. Cable to me is a mark of success. Like having cable and having all the channels, that's like I succeeded. Do you know what I mean? It's a very working class. We're in our late 30s, early 40s. So yes, cable (laughs) is important to us. I still, I have every streaming service pay for all of them. And then I also pay for all the, I have fucking stars on cable. And I love it. And I, I think their movie library is amazing. <laughs> Stars is a great movie library. Yes. And I'll tell you, a great thriller library, because I love thrillers. I'm a Bro, huge thriller fan. Same. I'm yeah. and especially in the, in this time right now, in the COVID times, when I need comfort, to me, the most comforting media I could watch. Some people like nostalgia, people like this. For me, the most comforting media I can consume is 90s thrillers. Yes. Where the good guy, is, the protagonist is 
a journalist, uh, someone yes. uncovering corruption, <laughs> someone a, a whistle yes. blo- a whistleblower. I I'm talking movies like The Rainmaker. Yes. Uh, I you know like a <laughs> Runaway <laughs> Jury, Runaway uh, Jury, The Rainmaker, Brockovich, um, uh, fucking like uh, all the President's Men, all these kinds. What's the one? It's even a little later. It's like in the early aughts. It's the the newspaper one where they take down. Is it Denzel? Who's the reporter? Is that Pelican Brief? Well, no, I love Pelican Brief. And I also love the one where Denzel takes over the hospital. I I mean, that's the thing. I love John (laughs) Q. But I'll tell you a thriller I watched the other day that I I also loved, which is uh, Denzel and um, Jodie Foster. The one where um, Jodie Foster, there's like a bank and it has Nazi gold in it. Have you ever have you ever seen this? Oh yeah. What Wait. the hell is it called? It's uh, I I can tell you. I mean, we'll get into multiple layers of this, but there's a thing like talk about somebody who I could watch anything Denzel Washington does, dude. One anything. Fa- I think that like Denzel Washington is the type of actor that does need to have a podcast. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like everyone's going to launch one eventually because their agent's going to go, hey, you could probably make another 50 G's a, mo- a year if you yeah. just sit down for one hour a week and talk to your famous friends or whatever. Yeah. Uh, if not more. I'm sure Conan, Team Coco is making a little more money than High and Mighty. No, <laughs> really? You think Office Ladies is fucking got the fucking, they're hustling for Mac Weldon ads? No, I think they're going to be okay. But uh, Denzel is one of those dudes who I want to hear stories from. Everything yes. he says and does is interesting. Thing. He's the best part of bad movies, yes. uh, the best part of good movies, and turns medium movies into the best movies. He's so yes. fucking good. Runaway Train is not a good unstoppable. movie. Unstoppable. I mean, unstoppable. I Runaway Train I... is great, too. That's the Wait. John Voight, Eric Roberts one. From... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but shit. Unstoppable is so good. It's Tony Scott. Yes. It's like fucking crazy. so good. But uh, I've watched both Equalizer and Equalizer 2. And I will tell you, Equalizer 2, which upon my third viewing, I was like, okay, all right. I can finally figure out the way I could justify watching this movie. Because Equalizer 2 is a steep drop off from Equalizer. Like. But- what I do like about Equalizer two, Equalizer one has the like hour long slow burn where you're like, what's oh, Denzel's just... backstory? Yes, Equalizer has Equalizer has that long slow burn. Then Equalizer two just opens with him doing a giving a guy a lift ride and just smashing him, choking him, and shooting him. And you're like, okay, at least this movie kicks off fifty minutes faster. But but you know Denzel, it, and, and and I'll say this: this is very white of me, but I gotta say it. Don't you think that Denzel Washington or someone, I because he was a producer on it, insisted on the sort of talking to the young man about like painting the mural, oh, and then I'm, like confront, and that Denzel was like, "I will not do this sequel if there isn't a positive message for young black men in this film." And I'm not saying that cynically. I'm saying like, I watched that. And I went that he must have said, "I'm not doing this film unless there's this positive message." Where at one point I hold a gun. <laughs> Like in his mouth, and uh, or no wait, is he, he holds the gun in his mouth? He's like, do it, do it, kill me, kill yeah. me, do it. You want to be a big man? When he's like, big man, big man, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and that has nothing to do with the hurricane chase at the end. Like it's like there's three movies going on in Equalizer Three. I I love I two. love it. Yeah, uh, I love it too. Uh, oh, but wait, yeah, but I have something to go back to with Polanski, which is that. Uh, so I'm going through my cable 
and I'm looking at all the movies, and there I see a Harrison Ford movie from 1988 called Frantic. I think it's called Frantic. Yes. Okay. It is, it is called Frantic. And it's the Roman Polanski movie made in 1988 about Harrison Ford having I love the movie because it's such a such a male Polanski directory type of movie where his young girlfriend his young European girlfriend who would later star in the ninth gate. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. This is her premiere of performance. She is half like she's like a fucking cardboard cutout. Like her acting skills rival that of like the worst B movies you've seen from the eighties. <laughs> it's like a B art, like a B eighties punk art film. And, and, and then um, Harrison Ford is like, just, it, I think this is like regarding Henry. It's like right before or after regarding Henry. So Harrison Ford's like in this, space where like he's successful and he's but you really realize that there was this there was this stretch where Harrison Ford actually didn't have it like he didn't have it going on I you know I I, I, you hear that he's like a legendary stoner and it makes sort of sense like because even after he pops huge he's sort of like What's this movie? Okay. <laughs> like it feels like it feels yes. like he's like cool. Yeah, I'll shoot a movie. What's it called? Frantic? Yeah, it sounds cool. Like I don't I don't fucking know any details. My, I'll just be there. My dad said to me cuz I told him about the movie. He goes, "Oh yeah, man. I've seen that movie." My dad's like, "I've been in that hotel." He's like, "When you watch the movie, the hotel that that's shot in is a real hotel and it's like that's a, a real character in the movie is the hotel, but like in the worst way, because it's <laughs> Europe, it's Europe in the late eighties, which is like filthy. Like Europe from like late eighties to mid nineties is filthy and like has not caught up. Like the way we talk about Europe now, where we're like, Europe is so ahead of everything. Like Europe's infrastructure, but that all happened in the nineties. Like <laughs> that all happened in the late nineties to early eighties. There was no, there was no like, um, you know, uh, efficient infrastructure then. And it, things were still gross and sort of all about union things and stuff like that. So the point is, is that it's the story of a man who goes on vacation with his sort of like homely, like butch haircutted middle-aged wife that he loves. <laughs> and then he goes and in the show. They yeah, go to like the fucking like UN dinner or something, right? Is this the one where like the wife goes missing? Well, yeah, but they are going to the dinner. They don't even get there, John. This all takes place in the hotel room, and then he goes to take a shower. And for some reason, this has never happened to me. I mean, I can hear people in the shower. I can't hear them well, but I can hear them. Yeah. yeah. This, it's like he's showering, and she's like, and he's like, ah, uh, <laughs> like can't. And she just leaves, and then that's it. He and he leave. He gets out of the shower, and he's like, oh, well, I guess my wife must have gone to do something. Oh, I'll have some dinner. Oh, oh, I'm tired. Falls asleep. Wakes up the next morning. He's like, oh, gee, where's my wife? And it's like. 14 hours before he realizes his wife is missing, but it's Roman Polanski's dream, right? It's like my middle-aged homely butchy wife goes missing and I get to go travel around with a hot young European girl. But then I find her, I save my wife and then my wife forgives me for basically running around and doing cocaine with this European chick. And that was my comfort movie. The first week of pandemic. I love the I love the thriller. Like it really works for me because I, I I like the the tension and then it's be especially for me right now if it's solved by like 
the small guy, the little yes. per yeah, the little people. The have you watched Contagion? Uh that I haven't brought myself to do yet. But I did it. I did it the first week. I haven't seen it in long enough, but does it feature like the fucking bureaucrat who makes like the bad decision that all it's these decisions? Are- I know. Yes. I know it's this, John. It's how's this? It's this, but just with a more zombie-like death. Like if you get the flu, like you foam at the mouth. Like it was definitely like more of a movie thing where they're like, they need to show your toes curl up and you foam. The death rate is way, way worse in the movie, but it's not that much worse. And all I do is I go by Contagion and go, well, we're in the long haul. We're in this for at least a year and a half. There's going to be a food shortage. And those of us preparing now are going to get through it. And those who aren't preparing now, you better have your knife taped to your baseball bat or your gun or your (laughs) shotgun. You better be putting blackout curtains in your fucking window if you live in New York and don't answer the goddamn door and buy a ring now. Because when the food shortage hits, we already had the conversation on my block. All my neighbors, we discussed who had guns. We created a phone tree. We decided when will we talk to the cops about blocking off our street and getting a, 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 a permit and that uh, a food share program and also a you're a stranger. You're not allowed on the block. You don't live here. You cannot come on this block. And I've got like a number of uh, uh, connected fel- folks on my block. Man, so I we have Queens. like a little utopia here and I will not. I will not let it go. I don't care what depths we go to and what sort of social norms we break. I will survive this. Okay. And I said this, I said this recently in a family chat. I was talking with Flossie's uh, family. We have a family chat every uh, Sunday. So it's, uh, you know, Pakistanis and, uh, and uh, Nepalese people from all around America and and Europe, right, all talking. And at one point, we were just, just they were making fun of me because I bought ten pounds of flour. And uh, you know, I figured ten pounds of flour would be able to make bread, pasta, and everything, you know, for a while and so on. So I, they're like, "Well, you didn't have to take all that pasta." And I'm like, "I mean, that bread, uh, flour." I'm like, "Fuck it." I'm like, "Listen," I said, "I hate to break it to everyone here. The reason you're all here and alive." is because you had an ancestor that was either selfish, killed a neighbor to get food, or they were a coward and betrayed people to survive. I was like, so don't think that you're the descendants of heroes. You're the descendants of those who were willing to break social norms to survive. Heroes, and I will do Heroes it. are remembered, but they don't live to be 90. Egg-fucking-zackly. <laughs> fuck that shit I agreed with Alex Jones when they had that thing with Alex Jones was like I will cut my fucking neighbor open my daughters will not starve I'll string them up on a fucking chain I was like yeah finally I actually agree with Alex Jones I will kill my neighbor in a heartbeat it's such fucking fake soft power bullshit though he's just screaming that to sound badass he's got a fucking $10,000 watch on in that shot I know know. he's like I will kill I will kill I don't need to but I will kill my neighbor anyway just to prove that I can. <laughs> Wasn't it brutal when he said my daughters and then you realize this guy Ew. is he's got kids? Like what imagine what what's their hope? I hope he I hope he's like fully like Pee Wee Herman or whatever, and he's just not a character at home for his own family's sake. I hope he goes home and there he's like, All right, let's put on SpongeBob family, and they all gather around and like he cooks dinner. I hope it's I hope it's all <laughs> well, in I, I think that um Oh, edit that out. <laughs> nope, I don't do any of that. 
You want me oh, to edit? Wait. You want me to edit your burp out, but not the part where you're quoted as saying, "I agree with Alex Jones." I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, keep that in. <laughs> Just that. I, I I got to catch up with my old friend Anthony. I agree with Alex Jones. Thanks for coming on, Ant. <laughs> oh no, uh, no. But, I mean, I don't really agree with him, but I I do understand the thing of like the attitude of like uh, I'm surviving this. You just yeah. have to have that attitude. I think you you just I think there are people who don't have that attitude. I really do. I, I think, think there are people who believe that things will get better without any impact and it's like are you fucking nuts? <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I'm one of those people cuz I'm a silver linings guy. Like shit's going to be bad, but I don't think I'm going to have to cut my neighbor's head off, but I do think me and my neighbors might discuss who's got beans. Let's make a big di-. like I I have yes. like the the scary but positive uh, vibe. Well, in my, yeah. here's what I'll say is that I, I think that I err on the side of wanting to panic other people because uh, because of the advantage uh, for my family and friends that it had in February. I, I, you know, had been traveling from... So f- my wife went to Pakistan in late, in mid-December. Uh, so we were hearing... I was hearing about this virus in, like late December, early January, I heard about it in Europe, talking to some people at dinner. So I, one, I have to get my, I'm actually getting my antibody test next week. <laughs> thanks to Dr. Pally. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so I, I, um, I have a feeling I've had it because I had an on and off fever chills. I had, I think a mild case of it and it lasted three weeks. And I, I just had this awful cough, no sneeze. So I had a lot of the things that are the symptoms, but if I did, it was mild. So I'm not sure if I had it, but I wouldn't be surprised, but I traveled so much. I went to Amsterdam, London, back to Amsterdam, back to London, then to, to us, us, uh, New York, and then LA, and then toured between December all the way through February. I was traveling every other day, right? So uh, one, I feel like my the exposure here in the US was way earlier and I was traveling to all those cities that ended up getting infected. So one, I just wonder if you know I had it. But two, um, I caught wind of like, I was scared about it in late January. So yeah. by mid-February, I was telling friends, hey, you got to get ready. You got to prepare to to stock up. And my parents, I was screaming at them mid-February. You need to stop going to the grocery store. You need to get your shit, things frozen. You need to get rice and beans. And my parents fought me, but fortunately their sort of boomer pushback happened in mid-Feb. So by March 2nd or 3rd, when things really tightened up, they had already come around and been like, okay, Anthony. So everybody was locked. So my attitude of panic, I believe is worth it. Because if it scares somebody into being a little more cautious, then I've helped someone, right? Yeah. My personal belief is, yeah, I think that it'll be some night watches, it'll be some shared food, and we'll be fine. But I like to keep in mind just what what are all the... I have a, I've ordered a paper map of New England and New York because if... GPS shit, goes down. Yeah. yeah. That's I, crazy. That's how I think. Well, we're venturing into, uh, I mean, this is arguably conspiracy theory land, but arguably is this just like being prepared in some way? (laughs) So it's not exactly that. Well, this is the weird line. Right. And well, that's the other thing, too, is that we've like come to mock doomsday preppers in our society. And now like doomsday, (laughs) we got a taste of doomsday. And all of a sudden everyone's like, wait a minute. Yes. 
I am envious of people who own homes that have solar panels and rain collecting buckets, as opposed to these guys like me who live in like paper thin walled fucking yes. L.A. motel apartments. Yes. Like, all I've learned from this is that I want a fucking house with. A, yes. I need to. I, I need a garden. I need like. I need to be yes. sustainable. I can imagine moving to Montana at this point in my life solely of like, okay, yeah. I'll zoom with people to do my podcast. I won't need as much money because I live in fucking Butte or whatever. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, I can have the property. I can have. And if pandemic hits, I have a fucking pool, a squat rack, a fucking, Eggs, uh, you fucking know, exactly. a truck, a, a, yeah. a, a second fridge, a pantry. And all a bunker. This, and and a hopefully bunker. a deep basement. Hopefully a basement and a sub-basement because- the things you learn, you know, we fortunately have seeds, right? We have every, we have like, we're like the ARC project here. Like we literally have like <laughs> seeds for like fucking 40 things. I mean, we have, I, the, and, we have the semen of over 1,000 different racially uh, made up boys. men. <laughs> I've been collecting it for I've a I've been decade. collecting 18-year-old se uh, semen. You know, everyone said I was crazy, right? <laughs> Sucking guys' cocks, spitting the cum into an ice cube tray for, for years. And then look- now it comes to pay off. Oh, uh, wrong <laughs> choice Who's of words. Who's laughing now? <laughs> Who's laughing now? Yeah, do I have stomach aids? Sure. <laughs> um, how are you handling the deluge of information we're getting at this point? Like, because. Um, I'm sort of currently of the mindset for the listeners who are trying to process this information or trying to avoid it. I'm like, I feel like the news on Monday should come on and say, this many dead, here's what we're trying to do, here's what you should do. Yep. Talk to you tomorrow at the same time yep. with slightly new updates, yes. but then 23 and a half hours without information, like without... Yeah. Like, how do we get them to tell the us same only information? new information? Yeah, how do we get them to yeah. go, like, how about you just tell us new information Because only? the news has become a news. I mean, the new, we know this is not a new, this is not an insightful comment I'm about to give, but the news has become a news magazine, right? Right. Well, so no they, one's coming here for insight, so don't yeah. worry about it. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the news has become a news magazine, and as a result of that, they, but yet they want to still maintain the gravity of a news service. So cable news has this problem where they both present themselves as if they are some official serious news source with gravitas, but they have to have the patina of a news magazine, right? So this is sort of like a malachi crunch, right? It's like a Chinese finger trap for these fuckers <laughs> because they need to keep giving information in a cogent, sober way uh, because they it's their sort of civic duty, but they must present it as a story because without a story, it won't keep viewership. And like everybody, everyone is losing money. And so you have the worst thing, which is for-profit news information is now in a bind where they must keep viewers, but present information. And how do you do that in a way that doesn't sensationalize what is a mass death on a scale that if you were covering, as you said, if you said not only that, 
Where are the Vietnam rules? Where is, why aren't we showing the hospitals? Why aren't we showing the bodies getting dumped into fucking trucks? Why are we doing these focus, soft focus pieces just on, listen, I love hearing from a nurse about how terrible it is, but why are, why don't we have cameras there? Why aren't we showing it? This should be like Vietnam. The reason everyone is at a state house in Michigan is a failure of our information. One, it is I a was, failure. I was thinking the same fucking thing. Also, why not like these fucking teary-eyed news stories? Like, wh- let's put names to the dead. Let's talk about like yeah. you know, it's not yes. just it's not just the five celebrities mentioned. Let's go. Like, tell me every. They should be making news stories about every single person who dies who isn't a seventy-eight-year-old lung cancer survivor. Right. Because like exactly. I think a lot of people are like, well, I'm young, I'm fine. It's like, yeah, well, I know personally people who are dealing with way worse like show us that people need yes. to see that i think and i think because there's the f- like uh, the fear that people go ape shit the fear of fear that's meta but you know what i mean like they don't want yeah. us they don't want yes. Amer- americans to be afraid so they can't the tell fear us of every- panic the fear of panic correct exactly they, they that's fear- what it is they fear us panicking so they're like well we'll dress it up as nice and then right. and then this fucking like culture around it where it's like these commercials with like nurses taking their masks off uh, and it's like Dove thanks you and shit. It is. Oh, thank you. So you know, I've been saying this on Coffee with Tony Live, which is the <laughs> which is my my Twitter show I do at twelve fifteen PM Eastern Time, nine fifteen AM Pacific every day of the week. I do it Monday through fucking Friday. And uh and it's just you know, uh, I think people would enjoy it if they they tuned in. Um, and it's a call in. So anyone I will take mostly it's people playing porn, but once in a while you get somebody, but you know, people who call right into the Twitter, right? Yeah. So oh God, I sound 70, but the, they can I didn't call say, you on the Twitter phone. <laughs> the Twitter phone, you answer it, you go, hello, and you hear a woman going, Oh, oh, and you're like, uh, time to pull my pants down. So so the but the thing is is that the one that was the most I almost I almost threw steak on the floor in the kitchen. I really almost punched the fucking cutting board and knocked my freshly cooked uh, rare steak on the floor was this Facebook ad where it was the it was body bags and people putting on gloves and homeless people. And then it's like Facebook COVID-19. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, this is so disgusting. And it, what's so disgusting, you have to really think about this. We talk about the billionaires and we got to string them up in the park and, oh, George Bush is a war criminal. And yes, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, whatever. You know, let me tell you the real fucking criminals in this world, and they're usually the people who pay our bills, but I'm going to say it, are the advertisers and marketers. They are the grossest fucking human beings on the fucking planet. <laughs> they know they have no soul. And what I love, in New York, they're the same people writing those Facebook ads, those sycophantic, profiteering, <laughs> prostituting ads. And then they're the same assholes who are out on the Hudson Park with no mask on, walking around like a fucking cunt cock, acting like they are better than everybody else, and then screaming with their friends later about the fucking jaw-dropped fucking Michigan protesters with guns at the Capitol when they're doing the same fucking thing. Dude, it's crazy you say all this because it is like every like negative thing that uh, lefties uh, rail against, myself included, you know, like 
cor- corporations, Amazon, this, the uh, pharmaceuticals, the healthcare industry, all the shit that sucks is all being constantly uh, image structured by advertisements. Yes. Like by people who are my peers, by people yes. who are like, I would take a copywriting job tomorrow. I would book, <laughs> I would, I'll be in your Verizon commercial, even though I know Verizon is ostensibly probably. Evil oh, yeah. from the neck down, you know what sure. I mean. <laughs> I left I'm... Occupy Wall Street. I literally booked a Walmart commercial while I was at Occupy, <laughs> and turned to people and went, "I gotta go. I gotta fly to Chicago." And they're like, "Why?" I said, "Oh." They go, "Why is there something going on?" I go, "Yeah, a Walmart commercial. See you later." <laughs> I'm a and everyone's piece of like, <laughs> and everyone was like, "What?" I was like, "Fuck you!" And I gotta I made go get money. ten G's for one day's work. Then I'll come back to the rest of this protest. Don't and you, you know worry. what that commercial is? That's the one I did with Sue where I. I said I'm a savings ninja. <laughs> and you remember the controversy around what happened to that one, right? Yeah. They uh, <laughs> and and I and for do you know what a what a shock it is when a couple of years later someone sends you a like fucking th- link and they go, have you seen this? And I go, no. And they go, it's you. And it's like an article that's like terrible dub over of Walmart ad. Look at this. And like, it's like this article in like the you know, daily beast or something like how horrible. <laughs> and then it's you being dubbed saying the worst thing you can say in the world. And, and I was like, no, I was like, and, and Sue, I'm like, how does Sue get out of this? I, <laughs> Oh, it's brutal. (laughs) If you like sex, you'll love BlueChew.com. If you listen to podcasts, you might know what BlueChew.com is, but I am here to tell you uh, they offer a men's performance enhancement for the bedroom. You get the first chewables with active ingredients, sildenafil or tadalafil, which are the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So bluechew.com is the first chewables with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Don't know what else you need to know. You don't have to swallow them. They can work faster. Uh, They can be taken on a full or empty stomach. And you get an online physician consult, and it's free, so it's cheaper to get than Viagra and Cialis. only takes a few minutes to connect with BlueChew.com affiliated physician. So you don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to awkward conversation. You don't have to wait in line. They ship directly to your door, and it doesn't say, like, Blue Chew on it. It's just discreet packaging. So go to BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, and use promo code MIGHTY to get your first order free. $5 shipping, that's all you have to pay. So it's bluechew.com and use promo code MIGHTY. And you all you get is, uh, all you got to do is pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code MIGHTY. Wait. Yeah, sorry, I interrupted so we're, you. I we're getting crazy information. We're And advertisers are the reason why news, like, we're just... We we can't not hear about it. It's crazy. Yes. Like, and they're they're worried about panic. Their fear of panic won't let us th- give us the tr- like the full unadulterated truth. Right. But then they just constantly hit us with like information that is panic inducing. Just like yes, they're, the the conversations that people are having where they're like. I heard it was 800 people in L.A. County. Dude, I, I it's 950. It's like we're talking about human lives like they're yeah. fucking like 
at bat percentages. It's like, well, bro, fucking South Korea, they locked it down. So they only had 200. We have, you know, it's like, who cares? What you're talking about is human lives. That should be like the most important thing. Yes. And, and then we, ju- knowing how inherent, like, how hard it is to own a small business or to even own a large business because you're everything's running on such a small margin that when shit hits a fan like this, every everyone is found out. Like every yes. landlord, everybody who's barely paying their mortgage because yes. they shouldn't have six fucking properties. Yes. Uh, they, they're slipping up and they're like, no, oh. everyone who owns all like who owns 12 nail salons that are doing like uh, cash business uh, when they close, they're all of a sudden like, wait a minute, uh, maybe I. I put all my money or bet all my shit in this one thing. And now it's like, yes. We, oh, we need to open. I, I represent the nail salon owners. It's like, it's not about the nail technician. It's about the rich people who get their nails yes. done it's and the who owners. own the nail salons. It's like, it's I, always I, the owners. What, what you learn here. Well, so I, Oh God, there's like so much to cover. So the thing I want to say about that is that like this whole let's open thing. Let's not forget this too. Trump, posited this idea at a presser, at one of the, the, the task force pressers. He posited it. I remember when he broached it. He said, well, we're have to reopen, right? And he said, I will reopen by uh, April 1st, right? <sighs> this was in March. And everybody mocked it. Absurd. It's a threat. How dangerous. Um, the president is, uh, you know, reckless, blah, blah, blah. But then every day after that, in this news magazine cycle became how do we reopen so the irony to me is that i can't believe it's been now many you know five years four years of this shit and people go oh he has dementia and he's crazy and he's this and he's that and it's like listen guys no he's not learned about policy he doesn't know anything about the presidency he doesn't care he is not a president. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a fuck about what's going on. That does not mean he's stupid. It doesn't mean he has dementia. It means that he has a savvy in a way that is um, antisocial. He has antisocial, you know, uh, borderline personality savvy. And so, therefore, the things he's doing, they're so, like, not sort of uh, they're against the social norm. Not only do they knock you off your block, but you can't even process what he's doing. But what he's doing is standing there and saying, we're going to open by April 1st. Does it matter if we open by April 1st? He doesn't give a fuck. He's just saying that because he knows it keeps the people who he wants to get money to because this was a heist. This was bigger than Die Hard with a Vengeance. This was the biggest fucking heist. Look around. There's no cops. You can rob (laughs) City Hall. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's my favorite. I can tell you, Die Hard with a Vengeance, I just got a thrill up my spine just talking about it. This movie, it owns... It's so good. It's better than two, which is crazy. It's completely a complete departure. I would argue depart- it's better than Die Hard. It is wow. almost better than Die Hard. I mean, it's a completely different genre of film in a good way. It's a it's thriller. a different genre of film. It's a thriller. But can I say this? That here's the thing about Die Hard. God loves Die. Hard. I mean, Die Hard's perfect, perfect film. There is a huge dip in Die Hard that people don't acknowledge. That people forget the period between when he has the donut conversation with his broken, cut up glass feet and yeah. when he encounters Gruber and Gruber's like hi how are you my yeah. name's Tom <laughs> what the fuck I'm you're... an American <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that is actually a pretty weak part of the film 
Whereas Die Hard with a Vengeance does not let up. There is that not movie, a point in that film. Cruises. That movie cruises. fucking cruises. It's so I should have done the other one. I should do that action one. You do. <laughs> you should do Action Boys. Yes, come do Action Boys. We got the fucking time. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking the wrong shing. But the, the, what I wanted to say was that I think... Um, that it's a heist. Trump's, we were saying it's a heist. Trump, and, and Trump's of setting it, it up. It's a heist. But also this let it open. He knows if he says it... He, Trump goes, this is what Trump does. He goes, okay, they might make fun of me, whatever. He's like, they're going to they're gonna shit on me no matter what. So I'm going to say, let's open, let them shit on me because then they'll be talking about it. And once they're talking about it, then it will happen because that's the way I understand and know media works. And that's well, what it all is. He, all Because he, he knows he's got fucking pockets of like activatable freaks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where he's like, We'll be open in April. And people are like, Trump's right. We should be open in April. And it's like, what? You fucking are getting unemployment. You're making money. It's like, no, open in April. Let's go. And then he gets to go. A lot of Americans out there want it to be open in April because now there's protesters because now they're even saying like, hey, actually, it's wrong because Trump wants to open in April. So my governor's yeah. wrong. So then they go to protest. Then Trump comes back. Next time he comes to the podium, he's got literal backup to a dumb idea he pitched last week. And he's like, a lot of good Americans want us open by April. And then it's like <laughs> next. So then the news story the next day is like. Opening versus April and May. What would be the advantage? It's like, no one even said May. Now yep. we're like, well, we should wait until May. It's like, no, we should wait until we know more. We should yeah. even be making decisions about when shit is over. But he's done it. He's already done it, John. He's already set it in motion, and that's the news magazine, and that's the thing that's spinning out of control. Here's the other truth about the world right now. There are tons of other stories happening. There are things happening that are political, that are international, that are job-wise. And yeah, some of them are obviously abutting the pandemic, and the pandemic is the atmosphere that everything is happening in. But the idea that all we are doing as a country is talking about both the heroes that deliver food and fucking work in hospitals, which is amazing, but we can't just profile heroes and then talk because you are then just a propaganda machine. Yeah, we've become Starship Troopers. Yeah, like there dude, is I, no. We just did. We just watched that recently for Action oh, really? Boys. Yeah. Oh, spoiler I, alert was, to listeners you, of both. Yeah. You want to know why? <laughs> Do you think it's? Did you watch it because it recently made the rounds in cable? Or no. did you just choose to watch it? Because it recently made the cable rounds. That could it was, be it. It was Rogers... available on like HBO Max, and that makes sense. Rogers pretty much runs the uh, the um, curriculum. But watching Starship Troopers, you're like, this is like. It's corny, but it is like us. We're like, we're so powerful. We're going to go kill the bugs with one shot. And then when you see it, it's just mass humans dying, young, handsome, beautiful people just being murdered uh, yes. ruthlessly. And it's like, we're talking about the heroes on the front lines. Thank you, Amazon workers, for getting me my yes. fucking workout bands to my house in two yes. days instead of eight days. Thank you, Amazon workers. Hey, Jeff Bezos is making... $50 million a minute during the pandemic and his workers yep. are making $10 an hour. They're yeah. like, well, they chose that job. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, no. yeah. Are they our fucking <laughs> heroes or not? Like, are, No, like, they're <laughs> only our heroes to exploit in an advertisement to ensure that people continue... Uh, continue to purchase from Amazon, which is allowing price gouging during a pandemic. That is the most astonishing thing is that that is what's going on. I paid... And I have to say, I, I felt very ignorant that I did this, but I must have not been paying attention. You know, I needed kosher salt, right? 
So, uh, because kosher salt's the best to cook with, and it was one thing that you could not find. You know, Queens is very interesting because since it's such an immigrant and such a Mediterranean immigrant community, uh, Latinx and South or South Asian uh, Egyptian, let's say, so Pakistani Egyptian, sort of North Africans, South Asian. Um, the cuisine choices in supermarkets, like what ends up going missing is different than oh. uh, maybe Dude. a Manhattan supermarket. So there are certain things that I, you know, Whitey Anthony's like, oh, my God, there's tons of tater tots or, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. you know, right? But then, like, you know, if I'm like, oh, I need curry powder, it's like there's no curry powder. There's no rice. There's no this. But one um, thing that was really hard to get was salt because everybody wants the kosher salt. You can get iodized salt. But kosher right. was impossible. I spent twelve dollars on a box of salt that is normally three fifty. People don't give a fuck, man. It's crazy. Yo, it's funny you say that because I live in West Hollywood, and uh, the shit that's missing from the Gelson's, the expensive grocery store here, is cold brew, frozen pizzas. Uh, like pre-made juices. It's all like what wealthy 30-something single people who live in an expensive metropolitan... I'm fucked, but look, Tiffany, my wife, who cooks for us, is like, all the produce is here. We could just get like. And I was like, oh, right, yeah. I'm like, we're fucked. There's no pizza or pe coffee. She's like, there's coffee beans. I'm like, oh, right, I'll make coffee. But like pre-made cold yeah. brew, wiped. Frozen wow. pizzas, wiped. But Isn't mozzarella, it's just but so now, funny. You know what's funny? Is it's I that got... city life. It's like, if you if you went to the fucking West Village, uh, like uh, I keep saying gay neighborhoods, but if you went to any like if you went to Carroll Gardens or Williamsburg or Chelsea that, or, or uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, hate, uh, um... or South Boston <laughs> or uh... Provincetown. Does this help? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess gays are sort of a marker of like uh, uh, a uh, culturally Quality food purchases. <laughs> Yeah, well, they are. It's true. They are. They are, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in a sense, I don't want to say this like that is, of course, but it is, it is. I think, pretty known that the gay community ended up uh, beautifying a number of neighborhoods in various cities right. throughout the <laughs> 80s and 90s because uh, initially they would move to de economically depressed areas where they would not be bothered and harassed yeah. and beaten up murdered and abused and then brought and then, their culture with them and yeah just and, like immigrant cultures yeah. did to, like if you want to look at this is going to sound so close-minded of me as a white straight man saying this but like they were like a uh closeted immigration you know what i mean they were like <laughs> uh, they were like well, let's move to a gay neighborhood yes we're americans but we're bringing our culture all like the way a chinatown becomes developed like a gayborhood gets developed in the same way <laughs> A neighborhood. <laughs> should we be getting high and theorizing about how immigration works, or should we be talking about uh, the sil Silver Core USA, today's obsession? Just nailed in Chile, right? <laughs> in Venezuela. In, uh, I mean, in Venezuela, right? Ooh, to, whoops, we are recording this up. on May 5th uh, to come out in two days, so the news for me hit about silver core usa which is one of my i love fucking they're like a black water right but they're so based they're out of new... melbourne florida and only two yes. of the people are ex-military so i think they're like oh, uh, a light gray water like <laughs> 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 but these dudes fucking went to venezuela to like overthrow the government with like venezuelan soldiers and shit like uh re rebels eight of them died eight, eight of them, them got died killed. and eight of them were like and a bunch of them were kidnapped almost immediately they said by fishermen <laughs> this is so crazy because they 
and this this is where your fucking conspiracy brain goes ape shit because I was just I'm just obsessed with the idea that there are people who are like mercenaries in America. Like it's just such a crazy thing where it's like yes. I want to be I'm a such a warmonger. The army won't have me for whatever reason, or they already had me, and or I don't want to listen to rules, but I do want gu- I want to live the Call of Duty life. Like, <laughs> like people who make that choice, I'm just so intrigued by them. Like the citizen opera, like all these fucking dumpy, f- fucking big ch- big necked guys who uh, throw on a fucking vest with a radio and a helmet and show up yeah. on like the capital. Well, there's the my dad would call them the tiny dick brigade. You know, my dad always says, like, there's sort of the... I mean, you have the bros who want to go fucking kill people, and they are jacked, and they work out, and they, like, go play reindeer word games with their friends in the Florida shooting (laughs) ranges, right? And they meet a couple of Marine guys who are so gung-ho, and the Marine guys are, like, ex-Marine, right? They're in there. By the way, I know many Marines, and Marines, by nature, are some of the most respectful... Uh, actually incredible people you'll meet. Really, (laughs) truly. Marines are pretty hardcore. Like, generally, a Marine is a, like, one of the examples of the greatest a person can be in terms of military and and social, and social service. I think you see, I think you see the positive aspects of the old school belief system in Marines, but yes. you also see some of the negative aspects of the old school yeah. belief system, of course. Uh, but I exactly. think the the kind of positive things the military touts that it instills in people, I think we see it most on display in the Marines. I feel Absolutely, like. yeah, yeah, and yeah. yet there are There's the gung-ho pride. fucking <laughs> cock fuckers who are crazy murderous lunatics, and of course they also join the army. It makes sense. It's the same way that you have murderous fucking racist pieces of shit who join the police department. And then you yes. also have like hall monitor types who just yes. want to instill order in life. Exactly. Yeah. And the unfortunate yeah. thing is that the cultures can be influenced particularly by uh, inherited brutality and all those things. And that's how you get to these things where it's not as easy as just saying, oh, they're bad apples, right? That there's a a culture and a way of looking the other way and all that in the military and the police and so on. But Oh, and then also you get in and the people who are in charge and making the rules have been doing it for 20 years uh, or exactly. s- started in a sort of less culturally uh, sensitive time. Yes. And so they can be worse and then that's still the rule system like yes that's exactly (laughs) right that's and that so there's all these other systems but that you know those marine guys were like yo bro you guys are ready to go we're ready to do it trump fucking blah 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 and here's the other thing it is not it is either some donor to trump who financed this or it was literally someone said to trump at mar-a-lago or the last call he had they're like you know we could like send some people down dude if they took out the government of Venezuela, you'd be such a hero, Mr. President. It'd be right. amazing. And he went, yeah, go for it. Let's do it. And then if they <laughs> and then if they do it, he'll be like, I don't know who the hell these people are. Yeah. I don't know why they did this. <laughs> they so all it's had- a win-win for him. You but know? this is where the conspiracy shit comes in because they yeah. had their IDs and stuff on them. Like their yes. passport and their... So that's not like top-notch fucking... <laughs> like... like <laughs> Operational security, OPSEC or whatever they call it. I watch way too much fucking spy and uh, special forces shit. But yes, that's yeah. not great OPSEC. OPSEC but then these not. guys, but also, did they want, were they supposed to get caught? 
Was the plan from up higher to be like, they get caught and it's now... And now we need our people. And yeah, now we need to take... I mean, it could... Yes, you know, you're right. It is possible. That's the scary shit where now it's used as justification. It's like they killed Americans on their what, soil. I wanted to just... What is it called again? Silver... Um... Silver core. Like C-O-R-P-S. You know, um, I was a member of Silver, Silver core, which was... Um, uh, the former governor of Massachusetts and president of BU, John Silber, who was missing an arm, uh, who, who was going to well, run for president. While, while I was in his junior governor's corps as a teen. Well, while we're coming clean, I was in Sibian Corps, uh, and uh, oh, no. we uh, we all worked for a machine that was just a, dil- a dildo on a stick with a with a motor. <laughs> So did you have you do you know this? Do you know that Silver Silver Corps um, was founded with one purpose in mind? We provide governments and corporations with realistic and timely solutions to irregular problems. <laughs> Silver Corps USA advises corporations and governments worldwide operating in over 50 countries and based in the space coast of Florida. Our elite staff bring unrivaled dedication for building a safer world while striving to uphold the highest standards of compliance, quality, and integrity. So, oh my uh, God. and the the thing that the thing that I was having the most fun with today was one of the dudes posted <laughs> to Silver to Silvercore's Instagram like they were all out to dinner and it was like hashtag like uh, you know. Uh, Lone shooter hashtag Harley Davidson hashtag nutrition hashtag mission hashtag all this stuff and it's all these like dumpy fucking bald dudes with shirts and ties like having dinner before the mission or something yeah. it's crazy dude yeah I, I just and who knows what any I my brain has become broken in that way where knowing like what people are willing to do in order to make a buck and and we're seeing it on rampant display now in that like. In order to make a buck, fucking people are working with a bootleg ventilation com- a ventilator company. The government is giving grants to these people because they're friends. The things, the kind of fucking fraud and scam and undercutting of a fellow human people will do for money, right? Makes, makes me so scared that like what is possible with something like the idea of silver court. You know what I mean? Like. It could be for any, like Americans could be sacrificing their life thinking that they're going to be heroes, but really it's some weird oil deal between the Venezuelan uh, government and the American government that I don't fully understand. You know what I mean? That like, there's always, and because I think someone would maybe stage a fake mission to raise the price of their stock $1 a share. You know what I mean? Like, because I know any, anyone would do anything for a fucking nickel. I'm so scared. Like what people are capable of. Like these people in power, like these billionaires that these people who so, who heard about COVID-19 and sold off stocks. Yeah. Yeah, man. Rat, and, by, and they work and, and in the by, government and their uh, first yeah. concern was their own money, which I totally understand. You want to take care of yourself first, but then you aren't allowed to be a congressperson. Well, what this does is this this brings us to the deeper question, which is. We clearly, oh God, I had to drop that. That's the little black uh, sippy tip. I fucking thing. hate when I, <laughs> I never can find it when I pull the balloon off. I'm like, where did I put this in the meantime? I got to look all over for it now. My favorite thing about High and Mighty is it justifies just like, it's always a thing when I record these that 
<clears throat> I get that old school getting high feeling from like the late nineties and the early aughts when I was like in my twenties. I know. Well, There's this like gets a, me want it. Well, this is like how we are when we get stoned It's like we stand next to each other and we scream about <laughs> something that we both like <laughs> about whatever topic might be coming up. We could just be standing face to face shouting about how much we love starship troopers high as fuck <laughs> yeah. each taking turns, taking wild ass theoretical swings at like ideas behind the movie and shit. Like you and I get, and we're both being wrong, like accident the whole time we're talking about RoboCop, but calling it Starship Troopers. Like we can like, and that, and it's just like, it is that 21 year old stoner. Like who's just like, listen, man, I'm the smartest guy in the room. We just still have that as adults. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's all it is. Oh no. So, so that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like high and mighty is the place for that. That's where the name comes is like a quadruple entendre, you know, get, get, get high and mighty about what you know and get high and be mighty about it. Well, can I tell you something that's also interesting on here <clears throat> is that there is a quote at the bottom of the page for Silvercore, the, the, the main page. It says the strongest people are not those who show strength in front of us, but those who win battles we know nothing about. And this was written by a man named Jonathan Harnish. So I look up Jonathan Harnish. Jo Jonathan Harnish. Envision a blend of mentally ill mind with unsurpassed resiliency and fiery intellect. And the result would be brilliant Jonathan Harnish, an all-around artist. Jonathan writes fiction and screenplays, sketches, imagines, and creates. Okay? So he's like a use is like a UCB bio. Okay? Of like the weird of this dude, right? And then I think my favorite thing is that he's mostly a fiction writer, but for instance, he has a blog post, what if you had such severe schizophrenia that your life was just one hallucination after the other? So I look at Jonathan Harnish and go, what, is this the same guy? In other words, did they take this weird dude who's on Amazon who looks like he self-publishes books, right? Did they pull that quote from him just because it's like nobody will know who that is and it just sounds like a good quote? Or is Jonathan Harnish some sort of dog whistle um, MK Ultra fucking trigger <laughs> for Bro. like an assassin or like action? What is going on? There's this? a lot of shit going on. I've seen some, and again, this is me going down a little bit of a rabbit hole here, but I've seen some people posting side by sides that the terms and conditions of the Silver Core USA website is a cut and paste of the masterclass websites terms and conditions including accidentally leaving the word masterclass in a couple of places instead of finding and replacing <laughs> no so I'll, I'll is after, that why i can't click on the terms of oh sorry i'm so up on the mic is no, that no, why it's i fine. can't <laughs> click on the i hope you accidentally sign up <laughs> i hope you accidentally recruit yourself i hope and, i recruit <laughs> myself and also book them to break into my home <laughs> and take it over uh wait so let's uh, no high and mighty episode with you would be uh, complete without a saying we're going to talk about conspiracies, barely yes. doing it. Check. Yes. We did that. Now let's okay. do the flip yes. part. Let's talk positively. Let's give some hope for people for the upcoming yes. future, for the near okay, future. Yes. For the near What's, future. Okay. What are some things that we can be hopeful about? Here, Here's something that I like to say is that scientists and government scares the shit out of me. Scientists scare me way less. Yes. And this is a global problem, which means it's not just an American problem, which yes. means that there are the community of scientists, which I think they know each other outside of a government world. 
that yes. will make sure advancements are are trying are at least being attempted and the positivity of like I don't think they're going to try to scam us or kill us or you know pitch us yeah. something well, to make money because they're fucking scientists. So that's like whether or not scientists, scientists got us into this yeah. mess, who knows? But the positive thing is, and again, this is me solely watching these '90s movies where, like, a lone scientist is like, "We have to tell people the truth." Like uh, the fucking <laughs> insider, Michael Mann's insider. That's a great yes, one. Yes, uh, that's an incredible movie. I love that's, that. The, I love the Rainmaker, and that's Francis Ford Coppola, and it's his like worst movie, and it fucking rules. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, wait now. Um, uh, wait, what was it that happened the other day? Russell Crowe is. Uh, in Insider, right? Yeah. So Russell Crowe, did you see his tweet the other day? Or he yesterday, I think it was like 20 years ago, Gladiator graced the s- screen. Like he did like a 20 years of Gladiator tweet. And it was so bizarre. I don't know why it passed. Someone must have retweeted it. It passed by my feed. And I was like, how strange that like, he must have sat in his house in his COVID. You really, okay, here's a positive thing. A positive thing is you're really getting an opportunity to see people start to show themselves because when you've been in your home for more than two months and you only have so much access to other people, interpersonal matters, seeing other landscapes and seeing other visual stimuli other than the regular things you see all the time matters because the brain mustn't take in new information. The brain has to take in information. And if you stay somewhere for too long and don't have changes in information, uh, the brain will start to just dig in further and further into what is its surroundings. You'll have to keep re-examining it to find new sort of patterns for it to break down because that's its job. And I think that that can make you a little nutty. So what you end up doing is you see celebrities and people of note really revealing sort of who they are. Like even the George Bush video where George Bush was like, okay, let's release this video. Like, 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 like people, even just the decision to do it reflects a certain sense of, I need to be heard. Yeah. And the internet. And I get it. I mean, I is, have a, pro- I get it. I, I get do it too. I'm a fucking yeah. narcissist who. Uh, needs a lot of attention to feel good about himself. So I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And these, I'm not going to show my ass and be like, look how fucking bomb my house looks in the like while other people are like losing their jobs and shit. No, that's uh, that tone deafness is uh, fucking. Here's the thing. I, it feels weird, but like in the business I've chosen, I've gone three months without getting work before in my life. Yeah, and I've gone to the depths of, and I do attach work to my own like uh sense of validation yeah. and so i've gone to these depths already i'm ready and i'm i'm going again i'm ready for it but i've done this like you know every 18 months for the last 10 years i've gone exactly. like well i'm fucked i have no idea i'm gonna make money so like- <laughs> exactly i mean i've been there so many times that does not freak me out and also based on our experience at 30 rock we've also been contained in rooms for 12 to 18 hours with Watch no out. outlet i know and like uh <laughs> this is where you're like oh my love of weed video games reading uh uh-huh. my my own laziness my ability to like really just be distracted by something dumb yes it's just space out is all advantages now yeah i'm like the fact that i am a stoner who can play video games or who could like re-watch another three-hour movie that he loves again like the fact that i have that ability i and i'm seeing it demonstrated by my peers and i'm not 
I'm not trying to brag and say I've got this quarantine thing figured out. Just the shit that drives other people crazy, I realize, are things that I kind of enjoy in life. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, my wife's like, oh, my God, I don't even... It sucks. Like we haven't even been outside in like four. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> who gives this shit? We'll go outside in three months. It's like I like outside too, but like if you told me we have to stay inside to live longer so that my my friend's grandma stays alive, <laughs> then I'll, I'll fucking fill me up. And, and my thing is, is I do like like for me, if I I have a porch, if I really gotta, I, I a little, I'll be like, yeah, let's go out on the porch. We'll sit there for ten minutes. I'm right, shirt, we were I'm shirtless Let's in my leave. driveway doing yeah. dumbbells like every yeah. afternoon. <laughs> Who cares? But I would say another uh so I think that the positives are that um we now I think enough people <coughs> now me. understand that um something's gotta change. And I think that the bureaucrats have proven, and by bureaucrats, I mean just the people who do things, the doctors, the government people, the people who make sure you get your unemployment check or whatever, right? And that the bureaucrats are under great strain. And I think that the argument that government's bad, the argument that having preventative, like I think this whole thing where for some reason in our own lives, Republican, Democrat, right winger, left winger, doesn't matter, that, you know, a lot of people lead messy lives, but like generally if you've gotten through life long enough, you've probably figured out at least some way either of depending on someone or more likely uh, you're understanding what things you need to have and what things you need to have sort of just secured down the line so that you know you can exist to a certain degree. And I don't know if that's a survival thing coming from poverty. I don't really know what that is for me right. that, that I have it, but I go... I, I assume a lot of people have that. Maybe I'm wrong. That I feel like we've learned that at a national and international level, that the idea of us just running at the seat of our pants because we want to like get fucking cheap H&M jeans, jeans might not be worth it. That maybe it's not worth it. We don't need to work 70 hours a week to earn barely enough money to afford an apartment. Like maybe all these ideas that Bernie and those folks were putting forward, but unfortunately they were putting it forward in a way that was that just became less appealing in 2020 became more of a risk because of Trump. And now we really see the risk. I don't think Biden's necessarily the best thing in the world, but like, I'm not like, Oh no, what am I going to do? Right. Uh, well, because I, I mean, I exactly my whole life, right. You know, I, I know what I have to do now, but I know what I was saying, you know, a month ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. But and the I'm point like, being is that like, I think that the idea, and this is what even Bernie Sanders would say, which is not me, us. Right. And not like I'm a huge, I was really actually more of a Warren per, I was sort of road between Bernie and Warren, but like only philosophically. And I'm glad people are getting a taste of like, in a way, and this is a terrible thing to say, but maybe we needed to have this, I mean, it was going to happen. So now we know what it's like to be unprepared and we know what it's like to not have economic infrastructure and we know what it's like to work like dogs for nothing and it doesn't seem to pay off. And it, I'm hoping that maybe not today, but maybe this decade, what we'll do is we'll awaken to the fact that like quality of life does mean something in terms of what we produce, who we are as a people and what we achieve. And that we thought maybe just consumption of life was enough. And it turns out that consumption of life only gets you so far, but quality of life gets you the rest of the way. And I think that that will be hopefully the thing that comes out of this experience. Yeah, and, I, li and, I like yeah. that. I like that. I'm, I'm with you. I think that we'll see 
out of this experience a lot of stuff, like sort of like we didn't think anything was possible, you know? Oh, how could we ever do that? And then we all of a sudden were in and everyone was unemployed and we're like, oh, well, if we couldn't, uh, if we can't raise teachers' salaries, if we can't raise the minimum wage, if we can't get free health insurance or free tuition, we can't, how can we do anything? All these people get, all, all of a sudden, all these people lose their jobs. We're fucked. The government turns around and just prints money and you're like, Wait, have you been able to do that the whole time? And they're like, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. And it's like, oh, then I, I think because I think a lot of people who always said like, well, how do we even pay for that? We're just parroting a line. They never. And I'm not just saying just for the lefty talking points. I'm just saying for on a grand scale, look what Americans were able to do like when masks yeah. were needed. People yeah. were fucking sewing in their house. Production companies switched over from fucking making uh, backdrops for movies to making fucking masks. Uh, lots of companies, companies with ventilators were like, we'll get you ventilators. We'll figure. Americans came together. Everyone I know is donating. To, and I, and I, granted, I'm from a different income bracket than maybe a lot of listeners and, a, and I've, uh, definitely than a lot of people in this uh, world and country. But All right, don't are, brag so much. Yeah, well, I'm not. <laughs> there, there are people By that who, he means he's on living assistance and WIC. <laughs> yeah, it means I'm mar- I'm I'm married to a woman who has a career in health insurance. Uh, but like, uh, people are donating GoFundMe's, COVID nineteen charities. People are p- tipping their delivery people. Everyone's doing all this yes. bougie, yes. Ad- and it's like. All that stuff is possible, like via the government too. Where, like, if yes. all the money that went into a GoFundMe for surgeries just went into insurance for to a people, large pool for everybody, yeah, and it's and like I, yeah. that's what taxes are. All of a sudden, yeah. you're like, oh you my realize, god! Oh, and what you realize too is that this is the fleecing, and that nobody's been putting it this way. Which is your tax money. You've been paying taxes. Taxes has been going up. Republicans always complain about it, even though they've been in power for f- over 50% of the time. They keep going up. Rates keep getting lower. And we go, the government doesn't have enough money. We tax corporations less. The taxes we do take in go to wars and go to government programs that basically pay off private companies that are related to the president or the party in power. Yeah. And that's all that's been going on for 40 years. Why? Because it's been... Even with 9-11, relative stability. Because even 9-11 was just a military operation. I mean, it was an extended military operation. When you think about it, 9-11 and the subsequent 17-year war, uh, did it really disrupt most people's lives? It didn't. It actually didn't. And by the way, when I say this, that statement, I want to make it clear that what I'm saying is, is that of course the lives of Pakistanis, Afghanis, Iraqis, right. young the poor soldiers, Americans forced young to poor fight, Americans yeah, of yeah. color, it affected a lot of people's lives. Obviously, what I'm saying is, unlike Vietnam or unlike a war, the citizenry was not connected with it. They were only the people related to people who served. But besides that, we all consumed and continued with our lives for 17 fucking years after 9/11. Think about how fucking crazy that is. Think about how crazy it is that the ticker and the breaking news started almost 19 years ago now and has not unrelentingly stopped for 20 years. Yeah. So maybe this pandemic is some organic fractal moment in which the nature of our existence returned back to us and said, hey, 
you cannot continue this way. You got to make a choice. And I'm not saying we deserved it. I'm not saying, I'm saying this was an inevitability that has slapped us in the face from our fictitious belief that we can stay separate from crisis and let other people deal with it. And that is not going to happen anymore. Where like the king who lives in a huge castle is like, uh, you can't get to me, blah, 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 everything. It's like, and then the next day, like a a blimp is invented and you're like, oh, like we're (laughs) like, we're fine. Americans are fine. We have the strongest military in the world. We have the strongest economy in the world. As long as every poor person is pumping their fucking lifeblood into the corporation they work for, as long as our military is overseas making moves to make things cheaper. And then when a disease comes that affects everyone uh, and that can potentially affect everyone and shuts down our economy, that's when all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, this is... Unfortunately, a possibility. This could happen to us every year, yeah. every flu season forever now. God help yes. us. I don't think it COVID-19, will. COVID 19, well, until there's a vax. I mean, I have a few friends I know who work on the protein chains for it, uh, who said that they're, you know, working as fast as they can. And the belief is that a vaccine could be at t- the beginning of 2021, that it's possible. Yeah. Uh, but whether it would work or not is questionable. Uh, but. I think that um, it is true. We've got that's the positive thing. We've learned that lesson, and, and it's terrible for a lot of people, and it's going to be terrible. I think that when it's hard to say what the positive thing is because there's a lot of terrible about to happen, right? In the sense that just a lot of people are going to lose work, and a lot of people are going to be desperate, and a lot of people but, are going to still going to die, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's just the way it is, and it's terrible. Um, but, uh, hopefully the positives that come out of it will, uh, allow us to not go through that again. I mean, listen, you know, I could quote this incredible tweet. Many have asked who Q is. We are all Q. The meaning that is the meaning of hashtag WWG1WGA. All of us patriots who care about our country and don't want to see it destroyed. That is why we must stick together. Who is with me? Q army. Oh Q my anon god! Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> that shit stresses me out so much. Q? Yeah. Oh, dude, Q is psychotic. Q well, is like it, it scares cr- me how much people believe it. It's it's, it's Twitter upsetting. psychosis. It's internet psychosis. It's actually it's amazing because the internet. Sorry, I hit my little windscreen. The internet is you know manifesting elements of consciousness in sort of solid chain form. And one of them is QAnon. QAnon is an element of your psyche that every person has, this sort of just reptilian. It's funny that it's a reptilian eye, too. Well, it's just it's, the, it, it's the justification for everything. It's the dark justification for everything, right? Yes. Like anything that you can't explain, you can't be like, well, maybe someone's just that evil. And he's like, nope. Q will help me explain it. So now I can just go about my life. I have Q to help me explain everything. Well, we found this activity as part of our internal investigations into suspected, coordinated, inauthentic behavior ahead of the 2020 elections in the U.S. Information warfare. What If you want to know what's coming, here's what's interesting to me. If you want to know what's going to be in the news cycle two months from now, go to the QAnon Twitter or the website and just see what crazy shit they're writing because it's not that what they're writing is true and will come true in two two months. It's that they plant the seeds of what is the next lie that is going to get repeated two months from now. So Trump 
will, in about two months, start talking about suspected inauthentic behavior in regards to the 2020 election. <laughs> you mark my words, in mid-July, he'll be discussing possible inauthentic behavior because this psychotic system writes these lie scripts that then get pumped out into the atmosphere and then people read, repeat, and then give to the president a sick idea to seed the rest of the population with. And then he acts like a, a dandelion and he blows all the bullshit across the country. And then all these fucking psychos attached to this idea because they both go, well, he said it and I saw it on the Twitter two months ago. And that means Q is Trump. And it's a perfect, it's a perfect self-feeding machine of sickness. And there's and also a strong possibility that someone in the government is behind the like initial seedlings of information on Q. Like, oh my God, come on. No, but as a fucking, like, just to keep chatter, you know what I mean? Just to keep non, like. Maybe, yes. Th- not to, like, plant any real information, to plant exclusively artificial information, which keeps his base. As a cover. Yeah, yeah. It, like, they're just worked up about anything. And then anything Trump does is, like, weirdly justified. And then you know those fucking conspiracies trickle up. Like, here's my question before we get out of here. Yes. What's I'm going to send you this. Yeah. What's our lefty version of this stuff? I think the lefty version is evolving now. And because it definitely, like, the DNC is a big villain in lefty Q conspiracy. And yes. lefty Q, le- and it's there's no lefty Q, but like the lefty version. Maybe I'll start a, a, a site called Lefty Q. And I'll just make I'll make a cue for the left. Uh, all right, I own that. I'm trademarking Bi- that. Biden has five letters. There are five points on a pentagram. It's like what? I have to see if there's an at lefty cue. Lefty cue. Um. So, um, I I think a lot of it has to do with the Joe Biden stuff, um, with the DNC, with. You know, it's all Hillary Clinton did murder that guy because he had information on Bernie's, you know, staffing decisions. It's, I mean, you know, it's right. stuff that that's that's I've, it's that stuff, and it's still main. It's still of the mainstream Democratic like shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it, what it is is basically this. I'll give the short version of this, which is a bunch of people Bernie brought into the Democratic Party because he was running to change it from within, right? Because he saw that as the best path to trying to get the nomination, which he almost got <clears throat> and probably should have gotten in, in with Hillary Clinton uh, and maybe could have with Biden. But I, I don't know. I don't know if his, I, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's some conspiracy. I just don't, I don't, I think people, I think Bernie was beloved by people the way people beloved a television show that people think is more popular than it really is. Oh Do you yeah. Know what like- I'm saying like, like a good rock. show, like a good show that people yeah. like, but because they love it so much, they can't believe it's not more popular, or they assume it's popular. Yes, yes. I think and like like Broad City was kind of that too, where I was like, yes. I was always astounded when someone hadn't watched, didn't Broad know what Broad City, City yeah, was. And I was like, how do you not know? The show is fucking great, and it's pierced pop culture and it's like it has i'm like nope maybe it's pierced my pop culture bubble yes i mean this is the thing is like i mean i think what we do in the shadows is getting more attention but like what we do in the shadows to me is a clear example of a t which i happen to be on um which is uh, a clear so am i (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you're in the pie. You're in the pilot. I'm in the first episode. Yes, he's in the first episode. I uh, have you a recur. We know. Go additional. move on. Move on. Oh no. <laughs> Well, you never know. They might go back to that doc. <laughs> they fucking so, better. <laughs> so, but the point being that um, you think, oh my God, this show, you'll be like, this show's so popular. Oh my God, people really love it. And then you tell someone, they go, well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> You're like, oh. <laughs> right. So Bernie, like, yeah. And I'm not saying that Bernie, I mean, Bernie was a nationally known figure. I just think that also some of the things that they did in the 2020 primary run-up Fuck them. I think moving Super Tuesday up actually fucked Bernie. I think it fucked him up. But, you know, that's what happens when you keep trying to figure out, get the right situation for yourself, and you can fuck yourself, right? <laughs> Everyone's seen that playing poker or any card game or any gambling that's just, you know, you get too tricky and you get fucked. So, but what I love is that, of course, it's like they can't justify that. So then it has to be all these fucking reasons that are like, such a massive conspiracy for really not a really great accomplishment because the message and the movement's still there. And so I just think that, that, that if the message and the movement will become sort of more mainstream, there will be a group of people who will always believe that there is a never ending vortex, a black hole of possible controlling impure interests that aren't pure enough to represent your thinking and it's just a different version of the pronouncement of someone's ego. So the same way someone going to the Michigan militia steps, screaming in the cop's face about how they want to go to their boathouse, you know, so they can, you know, go out in the lake or whatever and social distancing's bullshit and all that, right? Their spittle-laden rant is the same as the spittle-laden rant of someone who's saying that, you know, if you, you know, well, this person, they did a thing with a credit card company once, and so now... They are, you know, they're part of the establishment and we need to burn it down and we need right, a revolution right. and all that shit. Um, and they're just sitting there on their ass also doing nothing. They're just play acting revolutionary and the people in Michigan are play acting revolutionary, militia revolutionary. It's just two different versions of basically civil war reenactors of a civil war that hasn't happened yet. They're just yeah, the exactly. same. That's <laughs> right. all they are, and they hate it. They hate horror. You, you want to get a, a, a real lefty pissed off, right? A real ultra lefty pissed off is talk to them about horseshoe theory. And they'll be like, yeah, but you know, horseshoe theory is bullshit because, like, ball, you know, I mean, we're not the same. Like, you know, we are virtuous and they are not. And I'm like, you don't get that. You just saying this argument confirms horseshoe theory. Yeah. You are so extreme that you're intolerant of anything. It doesn't matter the virtue behind your idea because the virtue is buried by your intolerance. So it doesn't matter. And it's uh, almost, and I don't, that's why I don't tour anymore. Uh, <laughs> I'm pra I'm practically, uh, um, I'm an atheist, but it sounds like something that the int everyone could use in life is just a little forgiveness. <laughs> like, uh -huh. like one of the basic tenets of a lot of religions. And uh, it also feels like religious people seem to be the most unforgiving in a weird way. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> religious people are the meanest people. They're so, and, such meanies. And it's like, well, I thought, for, like, so maybe we could all just forgive one another. That brings me back to Polanski. Let the guy direct. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and just to get it full circle. Yo, Anthony, where can Thank people you. find? I know you're doing you're doing way more shit, the, oh, way more self produced so shit much. these days. You, I have uh, so much to plug. Let's let me see if I can name some of the plugs. You talk me through if I'm missing anything or if I fuck okay. it up. Okay. Um, so we got uh, 
uh, Coffee with Tony, which is every day on Twitter. Well, there's two. There's Coffee with Tony live every day on Twitter, 12.15 p.m. Eastern, 9.15 a.m. Pacific. So you can have your morning or afternoon coffee while watching me. It's right on Twitter at Tony Atamanik, T-O-N-Y-A-T-A-M-A-N-U-I-K. But I also do Coffee with Tony, the podcast, which is a long-form interview show where I discuss basically what people ask and we discuss during the live show. I boil that down into the talking points for my interview guest. (laughs) So I'm really representing my viewers and my own point of view in this long-form interview, kind of like the talk we're having now. That's Coffee with Tony, the podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. I just <laughs> talked with Emmy Blotnick. That one is out right now from uh, Colbert. That's awesome. and, She's so funny. And a head writer of The President Show. And then Neil Casey, who is also a co-EP on The President Show. Not a fan <laughs> of that guy. Not a fan of Neil, but he was the, <laughs> he is the premiere episode, and he's in part two right after Emmy. Um <laughs> And uh, okay, so that that so there's that. Then there's Motor Babies. Yes, my Twitch, which is my what you want to do is follow and subscribe. Shatty Fatty, <laughs> Twitch t, Twitch.tv backslash Shatty Fatty S H A T T Y F A T T Y. Shatty Fatty, where all your gaming action is going to come true. You want to tune in, subscribe, subscribe. Just do a tier one. You get some great emotes for the tier one subscription. And when is this going to come out? In two days, yeah. In two days, this weekend, subscribe, twitch.tv, Shatty Fatty. I will be doing in full Trump costume. Full Trump wig everything. Trump doing Twitch. Trump Twitch playing (laughs) Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare with Steve Bannon. John Gemberling (laughs) as Steve Bannon. And we will be, Trump and Bannon, for almost two hours we'll be playing. And that's uh, Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. I, I got more. Keep going. I keep, them co- more. keep them coming. Keep them coming. <laughs> the Patreon, the real Tony at Patreon, the real Tony. Support all this shit. You think I could do this shit for free? No. Patreon.com slash the real Tony. It's the real Tony. And the reason why I did a TV show three years ago, guys, I don't have like a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> so you did a comedy. You did a comedy central. And I did TV a show. comedy central TV show. So like basically I made waiter wages and, uh, <laughs> And then, of course, uh, the real Tony on Cameo. You want me to do Picard, Trump, Shatner, Woody Allen, whatever, go to Cameo, the real Tony, and I'm there, too. And, uh, you know, I got the Tony show coming up Wednesday night at uh, 9 p.m. live on, on, on my Zoom, Patreon. Right? Or uh, on uh, YouTube stream. It's Crowdcast. I do that Crowdcast. on Crowdcast. So okay. anyway, that's all. I know, right? Can you believe I've done all that? He's shaking his head because he's like, I can't believe Anthony <laughs> No, the is hustle game is shit. strong. It's always, your hustle game has always been strong. It has to be in our business. You don't go, off, like... Yeah, you don't. True. Once you quit John's Pizza, you can't go back. Yeah, so you gotta fucking, fucking right. One, yeah. Once you quit fucking being a PA, you can't go back. Like you know. What yeah. So you gotta you cannot just, go back. I, but I, that's an attitude, John, that not everybody has. Yeah. You have to realize that our way of thinking is a way of thinking that not everybody. And it's not like oh we're better. I'm just saying it's it comes innate to you or me to go. I must survive. I must hustle because I must have my things. Yeah, I must oh, have yeah. my food, my pizza, my weed. I need my fucking things, and nothing will stand in the way of me having my things and helping a few people out along the way. <laughs> yeah, my salary, my salary has like 
you know, increased 500% since I was 25, you know, in yeah. the last 13 years. And that's because, you know, a couple of years I did only make like $8,000, $9,000 on the books <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and a exactly. shit ton of cash of coaching and shit. But, uh, uh, my salary has gone up like five times and I still have always broken even every year. I man- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I managed to upgrade yeah. my life yeah. just perfectly so that when I was making 11 grand a year, I was fucking making it work. And when I started making 80 grand a year, I was just yeah. barely making it work. Still. That's so true. That is so true. Well, all right. Well, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for having me. I got to do uh, coffee with Tony. I'd love to chat yes. about whatever you're fucking freak yes. uh, listeners want to talk about I'm at Gabrus on all social media Anthony will be tagged in this and you'll be able to find all his shit through that if you didn't get out your pad and pad in time um, Anthony thank you so much <laughs> bud let's uh, I'm gonna you. keep I'll keep everyone updated on this silver core shit. I'm obsessed. Yes, let's find out. This guy's face is, I mean, I'm, just go to the silver core website. Check out their website. Instagram. They're doing fucking like weird Instagram oh, videos of them. This guy's such shit. a pleading. His face is like such, he looks like an, like a, like a true Irish drunk who's just pleading to get back in the bar for one more drink. <laughs> I get it. One more whiskey. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast.